Everybody, you're blessed today. You doing good? Amen. Could, could you make yourself say praise the Lord or something real good and strong? Glory to God. I'm just thinking as I'm sitting there, you know, e each of us have a limited time here on earth. You, ha you have a number of years. And what if you live a good long life well into your 80s or 90s, which is kind of normal for, you know, maybe not the max you could do, but what, what anybody would consider long life. What is that compared to what eternity will be in terms of time? Right. It's the smallest sliver. Yet what you do here on earth for God affects you for eternity. Of course, the, the, the biggest thing, uh, your decision to follow Christ, that's, that's the most important thing you could do, understand that. That determines your eternal destiny. But, but then everything else that you do here contributes to your fruit uh, that you would take with you to eternity, contributes to reward that you'll have in eternity. And so there really is um, very tangible and real benefit to be in what we would call all in, in this thing we call the gospel or the work of God or the things of God. And you don't have to be a, a stand up in front of people preacher to do it. But um, if what you do day to day for God affects things for you in eternity, you know, people have the idea of eternity that it's going to kind of be like, you know, maybe Christian communism where everybody gets the same, everybody gets the same white, white robe, everybody gets the same harp. You know what I'm saying? That's not, that's not reality. That's not truth. There are degrees of reward and degrees of glory. And, and what we do here in this short period of time called our life on earth uh, affects that. And so be, that's, that's, that's why we don't have a, uh, we don't have a watered down version of what we do. We can't afford that. We can't afford it personally. And we, we can't afford to stand before the Lord in eternity and say, why'd you, why'd you not tell half of what was right? <laughs> why'd you, why'd you withhold stuff because certain people didn't like it? Why did you, we don't want to hear that. You know, there's two words we want to hear when we get to before the Lord, don't we? Does anybody know what those two words are? Well, done. well, we're not ordering a steak. You understand? That's not how we're not. He's not asking us, how do you want your meat? No. Well done. No, we want to hear him say, well, well done. done. Well done. That's that's in the Gospels. That's in the Bible where it says, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen. And like a friend of mine says, I think there's a whole lot of folk that they're going to hear. Well, you're done. <laughs> well, you're done. That's not how I want to hear well done. huh? How about you? Well, we want to run our race. We want, we want to run what God has for us. That's not my message this morning. That's free. That's just right out of my heart, right to your heart. Happy birthday. It's because, amen. Just, just, just for y'all. Praise the Lord. And so we're all in on, on this thing. And, and maybe that's why our numbers aren't as big as some other places. I don't know. I don't care. What I care about is that we obey God and that, and that we, we give, give you the whole thing and that we swing, we swing the bat hard. You know what I mean? Praise the Lord. A um, couple things I want to do today. Um, one is I, I have I'm going to be meeting with a friend of mine this week uh, about something. And I want to I want to just kind of get something in your thinking that's that's happening here locally, if I can do that. And I want to go back and talk about something that happened in 1979, 1980. And that's when Brother Kenneth Hagin, 
who we went to his Bible school. He was, I traveled with him for seven years and he's my spiritual father. And y'all, some of y'all went to the school as well. But he started something in 1979 called uh, the Prayer and Healing Center there in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. And we, we were not closely involved with it, but being, being uh, an employee of the ministry, we knew all about it. And uh, actually, when we first went out there to Bible school, we'd go, we'd go in the afternoons to healing school. Yeah, you went all the time after that. Healing school, I mean, you, they packed how many people in, in that room? I mean, hundreds of people in this little classroom would pile in there every afternoon to hear, to hear about the healing goodness of God. A gentleman, uh, gentleman by the name of uh, Keith Moore was teaching it every afternoon at that time. And, uh, and then others would help out, different ones. And then they had prayer school. And, and so that was, that was the Lord dealt with Brother Hagen about that, to do that. And I mean the results that they got there. I know because we were there in the 1990s. I know in 1992, now we didn't hear about this till 1995. But in 1992, there were documented 24 cases of terminal cancer, terminal cancer, that were healed, and they documented it a couple years later, make sure the people were still there. Right, right, right. Now that's two a month. Who do you know? Mm-hmm. Who do you know that, that gets that kind of, that, that's good, that's good success. That's good success. Um, and I like that. Does that excite you, that, that kind of thing excite you? And so different ones, uh, Brother Hagen started it, but then of course he had different ones in there. Uh, in the 80s and then uh, till about 1994, I told, mentioned Brother Keith Moore. Some of you know his name. He's an excellent teacher, minister in the body of Christ. And different ones were over it. Then from 1994 to 2004, a, a friend of mine who had traveled with Brother Hagen, he was over that prayer and healing center. His name's Jim Hockaday. And, uh, and uh, so he ran it for that time. And then he's been traveling ever since. And during those 10 years, my goodness, they got some amazing results and really even more manifestations of healing during those 10 years than um, the years I told you about. Just outstanding things. And that excites me. Does it excite you? So now let, let me tell you about something that happened 10 years ago, 2011. Can you believe 2011 was 10 years ago? You know where we were living 10 years ago? We were in Tulsa. And by this time, May, is this May still? By May of 2011, we knew we were coming here. And in 2012, we did. Is that right? Do I have this right? It would have been, it would have been 2012 this time that we left Tulsa and we were coming here. So I'm off just a little bit. But regardless, so in about February or March of 2012... We were in Tulsa, okay, I'll get it right. And I had lunch with my friend, Jim, I told you about. And he said, and I hadn't seen him in years. He had actually ministered in our church in, um, yeah, in New York. We had two churches in New York. And uh, so anyhow, I, we had lunch. We went to this little Mexican restaurant. And if you know me, that's usually where we'll go. Mm-hmm. Praise the Lord. And so uh, he said, what are you guys doing, man? I haven't, haven't seen you. What's, what's happening? You staying here in Tulsa? I said, no. Said God dealt with us. We're going to be moving to to Castle Rock, Colorado, and we're going to plant a church there and base our ministry out of there. And uh, you know we did that. And he dropped his chip and he said, "My God," said, "Has anybody told you what we're doing?" 
I said, no. He said, God's dealt with us to move to that same area and to start a healing center. Now that's 2012. Well, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, he moved to Castle Rock. You don't see him around here because he's, he's gone all the time ministering. Um, and in a couple of weeks, he's going to start that healing center. Now, since he left Brother Hagen all these years, I don't know anybody who gets the kind of results ministering healing that he gets. And, he, and, he's been, and he's been that way for years. He's got revelation along the lines of God living in you and what that life of God will do. I don't know anybody. He reminds me of we talk about John Lake yes. a lot. Sometimes I call him Jimmy Lake. Just joking. I don't know anybody who has that kind of revelation along those lines. You know what I'm saying? And so it's kind of cool that, that that's going to actually be starting, guess where? Like right here in town. And now you know me. I've, we've pioneered things. We've started things. You know me. I'm not going to let somebody come in. Because when, when he talked to me um, in 2012 at that Mexican restaurant, he said, yeah, we have about 30 or 40 families that are going to come with us. Well, the same thing happened with those 30 or 40 families that happened with all the ones that said they were coming with us here yeah. <laughs> from Tulsa. Yeah. A lot of talk, yeah. little go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just letting you know about that because I don't even know what he's calling it. I don't know anything. I know that they're meeting starting just two days a month at the library here in town um, and in midweek days. And, uh, but, uh, but ultimately what he wants to do is, is, is have it going three days a week, like Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday during the day, um, and maybe one evening. And so he can continue, he'll continue traveling, you know, but, but just to start with, because he's like, man, I've been here too long without starting this. And this is what God told us to do. So anyhow, just letting you know, because I told him, I said, well, listen, you need a sound system. We got you a sound system. You know what I'm saying? And we'll just uh, to use. And who knows, I might just sow it. You know what I mean? I might just give it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all staring at me like, like I'm um, not speaking your language or something. I'm playing. I'm playing. Come on now. Uh, and so, well, I won't sow the microphone we just bought, Patti. Don't worry about that. She got her, you know, she sang so good today. She got her a new microphone, a new cordless one. So she's not bound by the wire anymore. And uh, I love, I love her faith in her heart because she said, I'd like a new microphone and I'll pay for it. Yeah. Amen. She sowed that yes. into the church. Amen. That was precious to Amen. us. Amen. But anyhow, um, so I, I said, listen, we might have some folk who would help or who would be involved or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And so just let you know, I kind of sort of volunteered you a little bit. <laughs> Didn't commit nothing. No. Um, but, but just letting you know that that's happening. Yeah. And you know what? I don't think I teach everything just the same way he does. And I, I know he doesn't teach everything the same way I do. I'm not so concerned about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know us. You know where we are. Um, but I, I want to get behind what God's doing Amen. in that area. And uh, just know if he gets those kind of results here in this area, then people will come from all over the place. They will. And uh, so I'm excited about that. And if you have it on your heart to maybe learn more, we don't get to minister just all the time. If you get, want to learn more about healing and helping pe other people receive, right. then this would be a great opportunity. And not only that, get involved. So some of your time with, you know, just maybe being there. And uh, I know what it's like to start something and you have two people. Right. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So just to have some bodies there. Yes. 
So you'll hear more about that. I just wanted to take a few seconds, let you know that's happening. Uh, I think it's an exciting thing. And I wanted you to know when it starts up, this is not just something that an idea that just popped into somebody's head. He told me about it almost 10 years ago. Amen. And just been praying on it, believing God. God got him to the area. And, and uh, so it's cool to be a part of stuff in their infancy. You know, other people get excited about things, but don't follow through. But faith people, real faith people, they'll stick. They'll stick with things and put their faith behind it. And uh, that's why we're still here. You know that? <laughs> like you were saying, I love what she was saying. Uh, what were you saying? Faith doesn't check its, its circumstances. Yeah. Doesn't allow circumstances to tell you what to do. Listen, if we decided, if we if we let circumstances make our decisions for you, you know how many times we would have closed this church? <laughs> because because we've had services where two people showed, and maybe not, you know. Well, do you what do you let that do? You let that the circumstances don't have a voice. Amen. We follow God. The other thing I, I appreciate and uh, was what you were saying during the offering. I mean, uh, you know, there's subjects like that subject of prosperity that not everybody is comfortable with. Right. You know, not everybody likes it. <laughs> and I'm going to have you turn to Jeremiah, the 23rd chapter. Mm-hmm. Jeremiah 23. Did you come to receive today? I put as you turn in there, I want to remind you the last time I ministered here, we talked about uh, we talked about the word of God, the greatest revelation I ever received, which was that the Bible is God speaking to us. And that revelation doesn't just need to be my revelation. That needs to be something that's real to you to that. when, When you read the word, you, you say, I, I can dismiss everything I see around me. And believe this. And that's, that's something you might need to grow into. You know what I mean? But it's essential that you do grow into that. To where you have such regard for the integrity of God's word. That you will let, you will let it direct you in the face of all kinds of contradiction coming at you. Amen. 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 What if Jesus had caved in to what he saw and felt? Uh, do you understand that people... It's like groups of churches got together and said, let's kill them. (laughs) You invite them to preach. And when you do, we'll get them and we'll kill them. What if you understand what kind of pressure that would put against somebody's mind? Jesus had to deal with that. And he had to say, God dealt. God told me what to do. And I'm following what God told me what to do. And if they kill me, I just get home quicker. Mm. Come on now. And he had that kind of faith swagger about him that that circumstances are not going to tell me. He said he got in the boat and he said, let's go to the other side. He did not say, guys, let's let's launch out and we may get halfway in sync or, you know, you don't know what. No, no. What did he say? He got in. He said, let's go to the other side and halfway into the lake. What it looked like it happened. uh, It looked like they were going down. But what did he say? Other side, side. not bottom of the lake, other side. You need to be, you need to be that strong with it, with what God says. Well, you might say, I don't know what God says. That's why you're here. We have resources. We have things we can help you, but you have to find out what God said. You have to find out. 
what he said in your word, in his word. Yeah. Now over in Jeremiah 29, no, I'm sorry, 23, verse 29. And we'll read this if you would. You can put that up there. I like this verse. This was one of my favorites regarding the word of God. It says, is not my word like fire, declares the Lord. Look at this. And like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. Tell me somebody, what are some characteristics of rocks? They're hard. Now, if you go, if you go down to Garden of the Gods, you understand there's some big rocks. Hello. You can find some places in the mountain. They call them the rocky Yes. Not the sandy mountains, no, that's right. huh? Not the silky mountains, <laughs> not the furry mountains. What do they call them? Rocky, Rocky mountains. That's because they're, they're hard. They're hard. And you understand to, to make I-70 or to make 285 going through those Rocky mountains, they had, they had to figure out how to do some cutting in some yes. places. Yes. Or if, if not cutting, what do you do? Just Go around and around and around and around and around. That's why you have to you have to have your air sickness bag in your car when you. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. You know what I mean? There's only a couple choices. <laughs> Cut through it or just go around it. Why? Because they're hard. Well, what 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 would that represent when uh, regarding things in your life? There are things that look immovable. Right. Jesus talked about mountains. Yep. Amen. Amen. But we have the Word of God. Which is like Thor's hammer. Come on now, somebody. Was like that hammer that will break the rock. It'll break the, it'll break the rock. It'll break the impossibilities. It'll smash it. Now, if you're looking like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You need that revelation we were talking about. Either that or you need, and I'm not prophesying it over you, but you need some circumstances. <laughs> well. to, to, because listen, I don't know, if, if your life's like my life, all you got to do is live for a while. And if you live long enough, you're going to have something come up against you that just looks like, no, this, this, is put, this came into my life, threw itself in park right. and put down stakes and it is not leaving. And, and you and you want it to leave, and it doesn't go. Do you know the word will word. break if it if it if you can't get around it, it'll bust you right through it. Amen. Amen. And so the word has this pounding effect. And you know, not only does rock represent circumstances that are difficult or hard, but you know, rock can represent uh, the condition of people's heart. Amen. The Bible says, "Break up the rocky ground." You, you can have, you remember when Jesus talked about the different kinds of dirt that, or different kinds of ground that you could sow into. And he talked about rocky ground. Well, that, see, that's just when you're thinking a certain way and you don't want to change your thinking and, and things can get hard. You ever met anybody that was hard headed or how, don't just look ahead, straight ahead. We're not talking about you today. But you ever met somebody that was hard headed or hard hearted and they're just like, I don't want to change. I'm not going to change. You can't make me. And for some reason, sometimes they'll even come to church and sit there and say, preacher, you can. Well, why are you coming? No one's forcing you to come. Preacher, you can't make me. That's right. I can't make you. But bless God, I'm going to get the hammer and pound on you a little bit while you're here. <laughs> We're going to smack you with some stuff. And, 
And so uh, this week, one of the things last week I ended up doing was I ended up receiving the offerings every night. And uh, I didn't know I was going to be doing that. But, uh, you know, P Pastor Nancy Dufresne kind of has that thing that Brother Kenneth Hagin had, which is you don't get any notice. No. You yeah. just get called on. Yeah. You just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just be ready all the time. I like that. Yeah. I like that. You never know when we're going to call you up. Never know when we're going to mm -hmm. <laughs> just keeps you ready. And so uh, but but in doing that, it, it was on my heart just to be as simple as I could be and just take some scriptures and pound them. Just take the hammer of the word and smack it, uh, smack it for folk because it'll help break up wrong thinking and break up some things. And so really we could start, if we do that today a little bit, we could start with that verse you started with. You want to go back there? Because uh, sometimes when you read these verses and like that filthy R word is in, the, you know what the filthy R word is? Rich, when that, when that word's in there, you can hear, you can sense yeah. it's like somebody pulled the plug and all the life got sucked out of the room. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Now, I'm not just talking about here. I'm talking about anywhere, anywhere yeah. uh, including where we were, you know. But yeah. uh, listen, I would preach on this subject just from time to time. And we don't preach on it all the time here. We give you some encouragement all the time. Right. But we don't just stop and preach on it yeah. all the time. There's other things in the word. Yes. I said, there's other things in the world. We need it all, don't we? And uh, man, in our, our first church, I preached a series on prosperity. That's the dirty P word, <laughs> prosperity. If you've read Rich and Richer, you know what I'm talking about. But uh, I preached on prosperity. And I mean, I, I felt like I was being beat up the whole time. I mean, good folk, good, sweet folk listening, but brought along their traditional thinking like all of us do. Yes. And the word has to beat it out just like it had to beat it out of me. Amen. I mean, listen, when I, when I was, when my wife first met me, uh, suffice it to say, my mind was not renewed in these areas. In fact, we talked about marriage one time while we were dating. And the reason we only talked about it once is I think it discouraged her from ever bringing it up again. Shut her down. And one of, the, one of the reasons I said, you don't want to marry me because I'm serving God, which means I'll never have anything. Those were my words. Yeah. And I, I was sincere about it and I believed it. Yeah. And so you can't fault me for at least being sincere and believe me. We don't fault people for believing what they believe sincerely. You know what I mean? How many know the apostle Paul was sincerely wrong when he was putting Christians to death, but he was doing it all the way. Right. Right. You can't fault him for that. You can't fault him for going great guns with it, right? But uh, so that's what I believed. And over the years, man, the, the, the hammer of the word had to hammer some stuff out of me. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so that, uh, where were we? Just 2 Corinthians 8. We could just start right here. And if you just, without me saying anything but the word, I want to show you how to use the hammer a little yes. bit here yeah, this morning. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor. You know, you could take that phrase right there and say, he became poor for me. He became poor for me. Now, every time I say that, I'm swinging the hammer. Now, would you, would you say it? Would you say it with your mouth? Can you do that? I'm not going to force you to, but if you can, say it. He became poor for me. 
He became poor for me. Now, if you want the rock broken, you'll keep swinging. If you want the rock broken, you'll swing it again. How do you swing it? You say it. You swing it when you say it. He became poor for me. He became poor for me. Now, what's happening? What's happening there? On the inside of you, the power of the word of God is striking. And if you swing that hammer enough times, stuff will break. And all of a sudden, you will say it this way. He became poor for me. Understanding became poor in my place, became poor so I don't have to. He did. He became poor for me and something will light up on you. I said, something will light up. Well, I don't like that verse. Then you don't have to have this one. Just, just cross it out in your Bible. Don't use a highlight, use a Sharpie, cross it out so you can't see it again. No one's forcing you to have this in your Bible. If it's not the way you want it, you can't change what he died for. And in your life, if you don't like this part of it, now you're welcome here if you don't like this part. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. And you're welcome in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Why did he become poor? He became poor that I might be rich. You want to say that? He became poor that I might be rich. Hmm. He became poor. Now, folks, folk take the hammer and go. One little, one little smack. Can, can you imagine guys out on the construction site taking a little pink hammer out of his tool belt and going, bow. No, what do you do on the, anybody ever been on a construction site? Huh? They use, well, well now, now they have, used to be air, pneumatic, used to be air hammer guns. Now you can get batteries that are powerful enough. But anyhow, that's hammering a nail. But, but taking a sledgehammer to break something, man, you put force behind it. And you don't expect it to just do it one, to do it one time. You hammer and you hammer and you hammer. He became poor that I might be rich. Swing it again. Swing it again. He became poor that I might be rich. Swing it again. He became poor that I might be rich. Him poor, me rich. You Tarzan, me Jane. You remember that? Tarzan and Jane. I'm trying to see if you're awake still. Him poor, me rich. He became poor that I might be rich. No, I'm not giving you an outline. I'm not preaching a sermon. What am I doing? Swinging a hammer. Just swinging the hammer. That's what I did in these meetings with, with different scripture each night. Just went out there and swung the hammer. A couple nights they liked it. Last night they didn't like it. 
But I can't make, I can't make folk like it. But I can help you swing. I can help you swing the hammer. Amen. He became poor. He became poor that I might be rich. He became poor that I might be rich. Now, if you're not getting it here, write down that reference. 2 Corinthians, or you can abbreviate it, 2-C-O-R-8-9. And when you get home, look it up, write it out maybe. Right. We used to write things out on index cards. Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Maybe you yeah. still do, but, or, or sticky notes. We didn't have sticky notes even back then. That's how old uh, I guess we are. But, but now they have sticky, you write it out on a sticky note. Yeah. He became poor yes. so I could be rich. Mm-hmm. And keep, you, can, you're t- you have your own hammer. Yes. Each of us has a hammer. Yes. It's right here. Put the word in it. Load that hammer with the word and swing it when you get home until, until it pushes out that old thinking, that wrong thinking. And the truth of the word explodes on the inside of you. You might say, how will I know when that happens? You will know when that, you'll want to call me. You'll want to call somebody. You'll want to tell whoever's near. Did you know that he became poor? That I might be rich. Well, what does rich really mean? What you think it means is what it means. What, it means what rich means. Doesn't mean anything else. And see, this is, um, I mean, verses like this. Now, you, now, if we got up here and swung John 3.16, you get more people happy and shouting about it quicker. Because you haven't heard religious excuses against it. You haven't heard arguments from the pulpit against it like you've heard arguments about this or they just took a Sharpie and blocked that one out. We skip over that one. Skip over that one. Well, over in the ninth chapter and the 10th verse. Now, you guys, uh, you're giving all the time, aren't you? Yes. Uh, faith, faith people, we give in all the time. My, my wife mentioned we, we were so excited. We got to sow not the biggest offering we've ever given, but uh, biggest offering we've given in a good while. A good while. Got to sow it. I mean, I mean thousands and thousands of dollars. Just in one offering. Just, just give it. And it's so excited. So excited to do it. For what reason? Well, of course, we wanted to be a blessing. That's the greatest, that's the greatest benefit to being blessed is you can be a blessing. But then also we know that that's not the last time we're ever going to see that off that seed. Because something happens when you do what the Bible calls sowing. Not sowing like you sow a button on. Sowing like you plant a seed. Right? And uh, it says this, 2 Corinthians 9, 10, he who supplies seed to the sower... And bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. Now, y'all give here every week. So if you're mindful of this, would it change the uh, would it change something on the inside of you as you're giving? Would it affect would it affect things um, and, and, and bring a level of joy to your giving? Right. Right. Yes. That maybe wasn't there before. Mm -hmm. Uh, It says he'll supply and multiply 
your seed for sowing, actually in the Greek, that word seed isn't there. It's really, he'll supply and multiply your sowing. He'll supply your sowing. In other words, he'll give you the seed to plant. He'll give you the money or the items or the food or the, or whatever, or the, the labor that you're sowing to somebody else, whatever it is you're giving, he'll give you that to sow. But that's not the only thing. He doesn't just supply no. your sowing. No. He multiplies oh, your sowing. That's right. That's right. Meaning that just like in the natural, when a seed gets planted in the ground, yeah. that seed goes through a process in a realm you can't see. Right. And, and during that process, that seed multiplies itself. Right? right? You, understand, uh, you understand if you plant a kernel of corn, you don't come out. You don't come out in four months saying, I hope we got a kernel of corn no. back. No, no, huh? no, 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 no. You're not, you're not looking for a kernel no. if you plant a, a kernel. Right. What are you looking for? Ears, of corn. Ears, Ears, each of which has, what, a couple hundred kernels yeah. in that ear? Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Right. Oh, we need to get some, boil it up, put some, slap some no. butter and some right. fresh cracked pepper on uh, some salt on that. Can, can anybody taste it? Yeah. Huh? We need, we need to do some of that here, but you, you gotta, every time you eat corn, you need to realize this thing came from a kernel. This came from a seed. If it works that way in the natural realm, which was created by the spiritual realm, you understand it works that way in the spiritual realm and it says it right there. He'll multiply your sowing when you sow it. Even if you just sow a kernel, like she did today, you put a kernel in. Praise the Lord. But God will multiply it. And increases our harvest. Now, you want to swing the hammer a little bit? He multiplies my sowing. And increases my harvest. Come on, some of you ain't even looking at the nail. What, what's, or you ain't even looking at the rock. The rock is, you, we need to get that on the inside of us. Come on. He multiplies my sowing and increases my harvest. Think about what you've given. Think about seeds you've sown in the past. Think about what you gave today. Say it. He multiplies my sowing. Ha. Just that part's good. He multiplies my sowing. Glory. He multiplies my sowing. Now we sowed a big seed. You know what? When I gave it, because yeah. I, I, I gave it to a person. When I gave it, I said, he multiplies my, my sowing, sowing. and right. increases my harvest. Increases Glory to God. I didn't lose those thousands of, uh, of no, dollars. No, no, huh? No. I invested it. Invested it. That's right. I invested it. And, and, the, and if you invest where God tells you to invest, uh, you, you, you don't have to sign this thing that says, you know, uh, a risk Market waiver. You know, markets can fluctuate. Uh, you, may, you may lose this. Huh? No, no, no. He, he multiplies. He multiplied. He's already, think about it. He's already multiplied that seed when I got it in the ground. When does, when does seeds in the natural multiply? Not, not the package. No. In the ground. Once you get them in the ground. That's right. That's when it starts. We, when we gave that seed, 
It got planted in the ground and it's multiplied. Glory to God. And, and, and my harvest is increasing. Huh? My harvest is increasing. That means all the pests, the deer, all the stuff that would eat, would, would, would try to abort their harvest, you know, in the natural gardens. Her dad had this garden when we first, well, we lived with him for a couple of years when we first moved to New York from Oklahoma. And uh, he, he had this garden. It was like bigger than an Olympic sized swimming pool and just plant stuff. And you've heard us probably talk about it before, but you know, the deer would come at night and different ones and would get in there. And so at first he, he put up this fence about this tall and to try to keep the rabbits out because right. they come in and eat all your lettuce. They don't care. Yeah. They're, they're, they're after your harvest. Yeah. They don't care that you work to plant that seed. They don't care that you bought that seed. Yeah. They don't care that you've been watering that and taking care of the weed, pulling the weeds out. No, they don't care. They just come and eat it. Yeah. They wait till it's about up and, and come eat it. Yeah. Well, see that little fence that kept some rabbits out, didn't keep the deer out. No. They just go right over <laughs> it. So he built, he was a woodworker is and he built this big, these big uh poles and posts and put them put put them up all over the place and then we got us some wire yep. and put wire all around there and then we plugged that wire in and elect and, and electrified it told our little kids don't touch that, don't touch that. stayed away so that those deer would come up and they get they get jolted yeah, yeah. yeah. and he increased his harvest by doing that yes. didn't lose half of it yeah. You want to say it one more time? He multiplies my sowing. He, multiplies my sowing. he increases my harvest. He was made poor. So I could be rich. Every time you say it, you swing the, ha the hammer. Now, if you're not happy about it, hearing that, if you, if you, or if your mind's struggling, and again, no, no, uh, we're not criticizing you if that's the case. That's just where your thinking's at. You got to identify it. Yeah. If you if you struggle with that, with saying these things, if it sounds like that can't be right, number one, notice that we are saying nothing but the word. Right. Amen. Amen. That's it. That's it. That's all we're saying. That's all the word. That's the word. We're not saying this is what this means, and we'll say. No, no we're just saying that we're just taking the word. Yeah. Is the word God speaking to us? Did God get his word to us the way he wanted to get it to us? Yeah, he did. He put what's in there on purpose. He, he wanted us to know this. He wanted us to live this. And so if your mind's arguing about it, that this means your mind was like my mind was years ago. Listen, I started hearing these things in 1993. I had never really heard about this. And we went to, we went to Rama Bible Training Center there in Broken Arrow. And one of our classes was called Giving and Receiving. Right. Did y'all take giving and, did they have that? What year did y'all graduate? Uh, actually, just Gary went to Rama. Oh, okay. Okay. What year did he graduate? Do you know? Oh, in the 80s? Yeah. Okay. So maybe they had that then. Yeah. But anyhow, giving and receiving, we're hearing about these things. And something on the inside is like, yes, yes, yes. And my mind is going to say, what? Do what? Yeah. Do what? Yeah. I, you know, we were givers. We were tithers. Yes, we were. But we had not seen these things. And if we had read these verses, we just went, skipped right over it, went right through it. Mm -hmm. And we started to hear these things that, that you can sow and, and, expect. and expect to reap. To reap. Expect to 
1993 when we heard it. I, I liked it, but I wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't fully convinced, to be honest with you. I would have told you I was, but I just still had a lot of that. Remember that thinking? You don't want to marry me. I'm serving God. I'll never have anything. Good heart, not renewed mind. And so 1994, 1995, we graduated. They let me graduate, not being fully convinced. This is just one area, you understand. The, the hammer of the word you, works in every area. And then, then I'm, so I, we graduate Bible school, but I stayed on staff for another five years there. They, they wanted me to stay on. And I want to say it was about 1996, 1997. I'm driving home one day. Because really, you know what? I'll tell you what I struggled with. Can I be honest with you? Just kind of transparent. Mm -hmm. And you don't judge me. I won't judge you. <laughs> I, I, I doubted that could, if, I, if I ever had anything nice, would I really still serve God or would it, or would I, or would I stop serving God and start serving the things? Well, and, and if that's an issue, just, just keep loving God. Keep, but I'll tell you enough of the word got in me and I'm driving home for lunch one day. We live close enough to the mystery. I could drive home. I'm driving home on Iola street. Don't ask me who named the streets in Broken Arrow. Who named Broken Arrow? Probably the same person who said, let's call this Iola Street. So I'm driving on Iola Street down to our house. You remember where we were? 725 North Ash Avenue. Two blocks south of the rib crib. Bless the Lord forever. The rib crib got it going on. Barbecue. Hello. Anyhow. But anyhow, I'm driving. We got to dismiss. I got to go. I'm Did y'all ever eat at the rib crib? Uh, that was later on. That came later. Anyhow, focus, Joel. So I'm driving down Iola Street and all of a sudden something in me had broken. The hammer broke the rock in pieces. Something in me broke it. I started weeping on my way home because I had the revelation that I, no matter what, Material items I have, I can serve God 100%. See, it took time for me yeah. to get that old thinking out and to get that scriptural thinking in. Mm -hmm. And I realized I can serve God yeah. and be as rich as can be. Yeah. Now, can, are there people who let money pull them away? Oh, sure. Yeah, because they love it. Yep. Not sure. Instead of loving him. But I got to that point where the hammer, and it took for me a couple years for that hammer, but just keep swinging the hammer. Right, right, keep, keep swinging, because I promise you, you can do, no, if, if I had stayed true to my original confession and said, you don't want to marry me, I'll never have anything. And maybe we got married anyhow, mm -hmm. but still believed I'd never have anything. Then I wouldn't have been able to put, uh, uh, well, a $15,000 check this week into the work of the gospel. Right. I wouldn't have had it. Wouldn't have, wouldn't, had it. Had, wouldn't have believed I could. Right. Right. That's right. You understand I'm not saying these things to elevate us, to brag on us. No, no. It's just all we know how to do is say this is, this is where we were. This is where we are now. Right. And this is how God's brought us here. Right. And, and we still have places to go. Yes. Come on with us. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's all we're about. Yes. But 
I couldn't, I couldn't do that if I, if I had stayed true to never having anything. I couldn't be a blessing like that. See what I'm saying? So, so let, well, you find something in the word that your mind wants to argue and fuss with. You take your hammer and like, you know, like Thor. Come on now. If you don't, how many here, uh, anybody here, you don't know who Thor is? Huh? Everybody, you don't, shut up. You do so. Anybody here, you never seen one of the Thor movies? Watch one of the Thor movies and you'll see what I'm talking about. The more he swings that thing, the more power it generates. The more you swing the hammer of the word and pound, take the scripture and just pound it with your own voice. Sit there and just say it and say it and say it and say it and do it 15, 20 times on the same scripture. And if you're, and after the, if at the end of it, your mind is saying, you just wasted five minutes. You're just crazy. You tell your mind, shut up. We're going to double it tomorrow. And double it tomorrow until the word of God gets big on the inside of you and you, and God's word tells you what to think instead of your flesh telling you what to think. Praise the Lord. Did you get something a little bit out of this today? This now, when we say when we say this phrase, when we say you need to feed yourself on the word of God, this is also this is what we're talking about. You you're taking the scripture, you're chewing on it. It's just you, you can look at it different ways: pounding with the hammer, feeding whatever. It's all the same. You're feeding your spirit. You're strengthening yourself by taking the word. How many understand? A lot of Christians don't ever do this. They'll read it like they're reading an article, but never take the word and work the word. And that's why the word never produces in their life what it says. I'm showing you how to get it to work. Praise God. Hope you got something. I'm going to pray over you. Father, thank you this morning for all those who heard this today, including myself. Lord, thank you. We commit to using your word in every capacity. We commit to believing your word, receiving it in every area. And we say we'll have what the word says we have. We are what the word says we are. We can do what the word says we can do. Thank you that it's so in us in Jesus name. Amen. 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 So Tuesday we're meeting at seven o'clock. We're going to pray. Glory to God. Take care of kingdom business. Amen. And then next Sunday. You, now, did you know we meet every Sunday? Yes, we do. Except last Sunday. Well, most, most every Sunday. Be here all the time. All the time. Don't miss your time with the hammer. Come on. You might, somebody might say, what you doing so early in the morning when you're getting out to come to church? Say, I'm about to go get hammered. 